podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Man there trying to stop Drogba getting himself into further trouble. It's not a bad ball for Pelé on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that was! Carlos Alberto! Maradona just walked away from Hoddle then. Thriller podcast. We're here to talk about the very kind of boring and mundane round of last 16 games where everything went to form and you know there was not too many storylines. Uh Sebastian, what what game was maybe <laughs> what game grabbed your attention? You know, it had to be the best game of the round had to be um Ukraine against Sweden, had to be the most That's exciting, nice. most amount of goals, you know, most amount of quality, obviously. Um, most most no. amount of time spent on the floor ex- expected. Wow, most amount of most amount of almost dead bodies yeah. on the field. The expected uh, stoppages that for that game will be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the XI expected yeah. injuries for yeah. uh, ex- expected uh, ruptured knee ligaments yeah. and head injuries and all that? Yeah, no, that uh, that was probably maybe the worst one of the round which it was still an exciting game and that that's what made this round of 16 so kind of stupid in a way um i think what's great about it more than anything else is that we spend all year always talking about tactics and how this team's doing this week and how they set up and i think this round of 16 there were a lot of games where all of that just went out the window and where it's just about surviving or it's just Mm -hmm. about uh coming up with moments of quality so yeah, yeah All right. I mean, it was incredible okay given given the shirt you're wearing I think the first game we have to start with France and did you see because I think a lot of people are kind of maybe uh with hindsight think well okay this could have been coming because I think with this France team there's been periods where they, they haven't really performed well that much and it's just kind of been a 10 minute burst where they kind of show their quality and eventually they maybe get caught out but did you see it being Switzerland that being the team to knock them out no not at all and I mean look what we I think the most disappointing thing about France being knocked out of the tournament is that when they play and we've seen it in in flashes in every single match this tournament when they play sort of at their highest level there's no one else like them Mm. They, they can they can do things that no other team is capable of replicating. So it's sad to see a team that's capable of giving up such a show go out of the tournament, but they, I mean, the Swiss were good enough. They did very well. I mean, they played great, but France, oh my goodness. I just don't think they were, I just don't think they were very good at all. Aside from a 20 minute spell where they looked untouchable. Yeah. So incredible, incredible game in that sense. Um, And huge credit to Switzerland for, 
that mentality that they knew that they had the French in trouble. And so it was just like, just keep prodding and it'll go. That. Yeah, I, I mean, think what the, was so the, incredible about this game is that, you know, sometimes these big tournaments, you'll get big upsets and it'll be the weaker team will score an early goal and then they'll just like defend for the rest of the game. And then you had Switzerland, they had that lead for so long, then they get the penalty, we think, okay, and they miss it. And you think, oh, now the momentum. And then France get those two quick fire goals and they score a little bit later, okay. And you're like, okay, well, that's, that's the narrative that it's going to be of this game. It's that... Switzerland gave France a bit of a scare. You know, they can go home with their, their pride intact, so to speak. And then, you know, France will move on to the next round. But for that, like, that, like what happened to France in that last 10 minutes? They just fell apart. You know, I actually don't think the last 10 minutes was much different from the rest of the game, aside from the 20 minutes. From the moment Hugo Lloris saves the penalty until Pogba scores, France are playing basically the style tactics pace everything they're playing the way they should outside of that 20 minutes i thought switzerland looked like scoring almost every time they went forward the whole game they went down their left on the i mean there was every time they attacked on the left yeah at pavard's side he he, i think he had a really really rough game but yeah to me to me it's actually really simple My, my my way of looking at the france game was if you don't press a team and you give them time on the ball they're going to look for their danger players in danger areas and i think you could you could see that france don't press from the front the front three don't go and engage and paul pogba holds in position the problem with all this is that you ended up neutralizing your best asset what's his angolo Conte? he is not a six that you just sit in there he's someone you have go and chase the ball and we didn't see that at all from him aside from that little section in, in, where they started winning trying yeah. to win balls back so i i think switzerland were great in the sense that they just stayed super positive but france all tournament long uh that tactic of sort of laying in two sort of very strict lines of four it it, it felt a little outdated to be honest yeah i think there's a reason why like Granit Xhaka was able to play as well as he as he is. Like I think everyone who's kind of watched the Premier League kind of knows the limitations of his game that he's not the most mobile. But if you give him space, he can just sort of sit there and play these really. I mean, the pass that he played for the for the third goal was just sensational. I think like there was a reason that he was able to play play that well. Yep, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I mean, it, it, that's the only thing for me. I'm like, that's ah, too bad. I'd love. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Switzerland, they really deserved it. They, yeah. they, they didn't show many deficiencies at all. But what France showed was all we have to do is go into fourth or fifth gear for 15 minutes. And this is what you see. Mm-hmm. So it's disappointing to see a team that's capable of that kind of show go out of the tournament. But at the same time, the surprises are part of the show of the tournament yeah. as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's, let's touch on the other the other game that day, the Croatia-Spain game. I mean, for, for me watching this, it was kind of, Spain looked so comfortable and then all of a sudden Croatia just kind of burst into life right at the end and had those two quick goals to, to send it to extra time. Very similar to the to the other game that day. Incredibly similar. Yeah. I mean, it, it, um, what did you think, what did you think of, of the pattern of the game actually? Because I, I thought um, really until Spain took the lead 
it was it was incredibly difficult to pick at least yeah. from my perspective who might win this game because the the the, the own goal is amazing yeah. by the way <laughs> it's incredible um I did see, it's, it's, have you seen I'm sure you've seen this stat I'm sorry everyone everyone has but there's been as many own goals in this tournament as there has been in every Euros through history put together yeah <laughs> I I it, I, there was something that stat's amazing. I think someone else talked about the stat of missed penalties is something yeah. as well, somewhere in that freakish zone, which yeah, the own goals, that's, that's a tough one to explain. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one to explain. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I, I was quite impressed by Spain in some ways, like they, the way that they, they had this freak goal and goal behind, like up until that goal, I thought, okay, well, Spain are very much in control of this, like Croatia. It looks kind of dangerous on the counterattack, but I feel like Spain were kind of being the driving force in that game. And then when they got to, and I, once they got ahead, I was like, I don't see it. Croatia causing them much trouble whatsoever. And then Croatia had a huge burst at this uh, to get those to level it up at the end, end of normal time. And then at the and then the start of extra time, they had they really had the chance to take the lead. And then they just sort of I feel like they just ran out of legs completely. Well, it's moments, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean. If if Croatia score early in extra time, I mean, w- w- you know what? Actually, it doesn't even matter. You can't say if that happens, yeah. then this might have because <laughs> all we were shown was you have no idea what's going to happen yeah. next. And I think that that's what was so amazing about that day is you get two, three, three draws in ninety minutes. Another game that goes into extra time, two goals are scored. Tip of the cap to Alvaro Morata for. Yeah what i mean it's an unbelievable goal it's it's a terrific terrific goal so someone i was reading someone on the irish commentary said he that he miscontrolled it and i was like it's clearly like it's bouncer and then he's like moved it away i don't know how he possibly was i thought it was a brilliant touchdown like so so did so did federico chiesa for his (laughs) that was a miscontrol as well yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah kudos to him for after everything he seems to like been through this tournament it's very much uh and it's also i think it's still going to continue right if this in the next round against switzerland if he doesn't score early then this kind of pressure is going to build again on him you know actually one thing i do love regarding Morata and, and there are a few other players is there are certain players in teams where the coaches really are sticking by a certain player, even though maybe a lot of people are like, why, why is this person yeah. in the squad that maybe they shouldn't be, you know, Southgate's done that with a few. I mean, a lot of coaches are sort of notorious for having a few players that they trust and rely on. And they always put them in these big games and then they tend to deliver. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that the amount of support that Luis Enrique has given to Alvar Morata throughout this tournament has been great. I think before the second game, people were like, is he going to play? And he said, listen, it'll be Alvaro Morata and 10 others yeah. to start. I mean, that, that that's that really backs your striker and it's hopefully paying off for him because that, that was terrific. It was a great goal. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought like Croatia were uh, were good in periods, but I think they just didn't have quite as much as much as, as Spain had, especially in extra time. They were just kind yeah. of able to take control of it. And then speaking about the game yesterday, which I think the England-Germany game, if you were going to say, you said at the start, maybe the Ukraine-Sweden game was the worst game of the round. Probably the second worst was the England-Germany game from yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's an easy award. Yeah. Easy award to give it <laughs> second worst of the round. I, although, 
it was incredibly tense. Yeah. And sure. I think Wembley, the tension in Wembley, you could, you could, you could feel it. Yeah. You could feel it wherever you're watching the match. And so I, I think the, the occasion was it, it outweighed the football. Yeah, yeah. I think quite will, often with right? that, I mean, I always like games like this where maybe the game isn't quite as exciting. I'm always like very invested in it anyway, just because you know it's so tense. And also you kind of know that the first goal is probably going to decide it. And I think that was kind of the case where like England and Germany kind of nullified each other quite a bit. But England, I think, definitely were the better side and deserved to move on. I think so. I, I, I think so. I was I was really happy to see England just... I think put that performance in for that game. I think that was important. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what they decide to do against Ukraine, but we'll, we'll get yeah. to that later. Yeah. I, th- it's, I mean, we can get to it. Like whether he switches things up, right. Or whether they decide is this is the system that he wants to use. Yep. It's going to be yeah. very interesting. Interesting. Okay. And then let's touch on a couple others. There was the, the Dutch game against Czech, Czech Republic, which feels like, years ago but i know <laughs> like three days ago okay when when when, when you were watching this and the lit did the handball thing did you immediately think he's he's gotten away with it or did you because for me when i saw it i was like oh maybe he just accidentally hit his arm and then i saw his reaction and i saw his the kind of like the because well after it happens the referee immediately gets kind of surrounded by the check players and they're like check the bar and like he's like he's clearly like deliberately handed it and I could see you kind of see this kind of slight fear and guilt in Delic's eyes and then I was like ah okay there's more than this than actually accidentally hitting his arm on his way to the ground well I, I think for me it was as soon as I saw a replay I was yeah, like yeah. he's cooked it's <laughs> over I mean because actually in real time I, I, I actually thought he literally fell on the ball yeah and and exactly. you know now what he should have done and what I want to do, if I could, I could, I would send Matthias Delict that little clip of Phil Jones falling to the floor and the head and with his arms like <laughs> down by his side, and he's literally on the ground and he heads the ball out of Giroud's <laughs> path. And in that video, you can see Giroud being like, "Oh my God, I could have scored," but yeah. this fish decided to nod yeah, the ball nod. while he's on the ground. <laughs> that is what he should have done. He should have yeah. dove on the ball in some way. It it's an amazing moment of panic from a player yeah. to, to, to actually, I mean, he reaches for it and pulls it behind yeah. him. It's like a basketball player trying to like stop it from going out of bounds, just kind of reaching and pulling I, it back. I mean, it, it, it's it really, you know, a, as a coach of young players, it's, it's that moment where a ball goes in the air to them and they have not thought, okay, I should take it down with my chest or I should yeah. header it. And it starts coming and they're staring at it and they just put their hands in the air and catch the ball. <laughs> I have that fear quite often when I play football, but luckily I'm the goalkeeper, so it's so I, I, I can't use my hands. <laughs> well, that yeah, that definitely helps. No, that, I mean the, that match. Um, as soon as that happened, you, I, I think you knew the Dutch were in trouble because they didn't come into the game playing with that sort of high tempo. Yeah. We're creating chances. Oh, we're a man down. Don't worry. We're going to keep doing the same thing. You're just the Czech Republic. They, they weren't playing that way. So as soon as they went a man down, you kind of knew that that it, it was going to be a problem. And then the organization defensively after that, how do you not change the way you're set up know. when you're down to 10 <laughs> men? I mean, they were all over the place. Yeah. For, it was it was bizarre. And Danielle Malin really should have scored 
was it one minute or so? Two yeah, it was like literally like 60 seconds before the, the red card. They had the it was a pretty wild run, too. Yeah. He just came through the midfield, touched the ball, and just ran by three people. You're like, how did he, mm. <laughs> he just look like a steeplechase? You know, the yeah. guy just broke out of the gates. But th- that was a major surprise. Um, maybe it shouldn't have been. I don't know. Do, do you think that we gave the Dutch a little too much credit from their group stage? I think, I, I think people before the tournament were you know that they're kind of disorganized and then they were slightly kind of take like taken in by the kind of classic dutch free-flowing football that we saw in 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 the group stage but i think there was still even like even in the ukraine game in the first game if the, the signs were there that they're kind of vulnerable to a team like the czech republic who are not not star talented but they're clearly like well organized and they can take advantage of the of a, of a high quality team which is not quite as well set up mm-hmm. yeah and I, and I mean who would knew that scotland's group turned out to be i mean with three 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 of the quarter finalists and, and, and nobody from group f yeah well that's why they call it the group of death <laughs> they're all out they're all out incredible okay. all right before we move on to the quarterfinals let's just touch on the last two games on of the round of 16 like the wales denmark game and the italy austria game i think the Wales Denmark game. I think beforehand I was maybe too up on Wales chances because I was maybe still taken in from the, you know, the 2016 run and all that the beating Belgium took this. But then I think the closer I got to the kickoff and just like looking at the clubs that the Danish players play for and then Wales have kind of championship reserves and like below like on their team and just relying on Ramsey and Bale who's kind of passed his bet. I think it was quite clear that Denmark were a step above. Yeah, uh, look, I I got I did the same thing. I got a little bit high on the whole Wales thing yeah. from 2016, and also the way they've sort of stepped through this tournament. The first game they weren't good, mm-hmm. then they were excellent against Turkey, and then you know I mean the the way they've moved through, it looked as if they had a very clear, simple plan and identity. And then the problem that I was sort of wrestling with with Denmark was, are they going to have I mean, this is a massive emotional roller coaster yeah. for them. Are they going to be just brought back down to earth? Are they just going to run out of gas? And ah, uh, wow! I mean, that was an amazing performance from from Denmark. And I, I have to say, it's uh, the one thing that needs to be mentioned here is that Wales. If you look at their travel, I think who was it? One of their players at the end of the game. Yeah, mentioned Gunter this, was that, very angry about the uh, yeah. The, out in Baku and then in in Amsterdam for this game, how uh, I think there was fifteen thousand people travelled from from here in Copenhagen to it, where they weren't really allowed to have any. There wasn't very many Welsh fans there as well. So was, yeah, and that that is something that I think is a big caveat in this tournament because yeah, we'll talk about the Belgians, but they, I mean, they really travelled a lot as well. Um, yeah. So it's it's an interesting one. We talked about that in our, the last episode we did together, but it, now we're seeing how some teams really feel like they kind of got a short shorthand in this. And uh, yeah, tough. We're not used to looking at schedules of a tournament and going, oh, yeah, wait, yeah, which yeah. city in Europe is this in? You know, we're the, yeah. And also, I like, I mean, it feels kind of mad like that. Okay, some teams had their game games in, in Baku in the group stage, but now Czech Republic and Denmark have to go all the way out there now for their for their quarterfinal. Exactly. Yeah. And then, well, yeah. then it, yeah, go for it. No, I'm just gonna say, looking at uh, the other game, like the Italy Austria game, I feel like this was the kind of first game where Italy 
had a bit of a hiccup, hiccup where they kind of had breezed through so far and then actually Austria played really well and could have quite easily won the game. Yeah, I was hoping that that Arnautovic goal would stand <laughs> because I think it would have made that last 20 minutes really, really, yeah. really incredible. But, yep, Italy pushed to the edge. Um, you know, they, they have some real quality. Enrico Chiesa's goal is amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And then Piscina's goal, there's a carbon copy. Marcel Sabitzer has a almost the exact same chance just a few yeah. minutes later, and he doesn't take it. And th- I think that was the big difference. And, and Italy... You know, now that France are out, Portugal out, Germany out, they're looking better and better and better. And I mean, you know, if we talk about Belgium, Portugal as well, because I mean, Belgium look beat up. I mean, they look really wounded right now. If if De Bruyne is out, if Hazard's limping around, which I think is confirmed. I think I was just reading that Martinez has confirmed that both of those guys are out. The rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least the quarterfinal. Yeah, and th- and that game was that game was a, a messy game as well. It was I mean, the goal from Thorgan Hazard's great. I love mm-hmm. it because, yeah. and I don't like to uh, criticize goalkeepers for those ones. I just like to say, ah, that was a good hard shot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, okay. um, but <laughs> it moved you know, a bit. <laughs> it did move. It did move. It's those new balls, you know. Yeah. But I think that now it really does kind of call into question everyone's idea of Belgium being sort of favorites. So, you know, as we look to, I mean, yeah, when we look at the next round, it's, that's a tight one. All right, let's, let's jump into it. Okay. Let's Let's do it. Yeah. We've gone through the last 16. So we're going to now make a bit of a predictions for the corner final. So let's look at the first one, Belgium, Italy. I have on my little notes, I have Italy to nudge it uh, based mainly on Belgium missing, missing Hazard and De Bruyne. And I think feel like the Belgian defense probably can be can be got at. Yeah, I agree. And I think to me, this this will come down to Mancini's team selection and substitutes, right? If the personnel yeah. are the right people to hurt this Belgian team without De Bruyne and without Hazard, you're looking at a, a normal top, a normal high level side, but yeah. without x-factor players that are going to win the game for you exactly exactly but there's not that spine that just terrifies you so i I, i'm with you on that i think italy they've got the team spirit everything's been going well for them and they and and i think that game against austria is excellent for them for the next round they get they had to worry they had to suffer yeah exactly because had it been too easy I, I really would. I really would think I would have chosen Belgium for this match had Italy easily walked by Austria. All right, score prediction. I've got one nil Italy. Yeah, uh, you know I'll go two nil Italy. All right, two nil. Okay. All right, then let's talk about the the other game on Friday, Switzerland and Spain. My my worry for Switzerland will be that I think quite often in these tournaments you see teams who have the underdogs. They'll have one big performance where they kind of lay it all out. And then a few days later, they have to kind of reach those levels again. And it's tough for them. So I think for that reason, I feel like Spain might be quite comfortable, might, might win this one comfortably. Yeah, I think Spain should win this game. And, and since Spain all of a sudden started scoring goals, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to plonk Spain 3-1. Oh, and the reason exactly why what I is... Have too. <laughs> oh, nice. There we go. Uh, the reason why, though, is... I, I 
and look, I don't want to be harsh or unfair on the Swiss, but to be completely frank with you, when France played at their level, they they made them look a very average side. And I don't think the Swiss have really pulled up a whole bunch of trees this tournament when they've been under real pressure. But that's what and made Spain that's what made the are going to put them under yeah. some real pressure. That's so, yeah, that's what made the France game so uh, surprising because I'd watched Italy play play Switzerland and they were just tearing them apart in the first half like Switzerland could barely make three passes together just couldn't live with like the intensity of a top level team so that's what kind of like how are they going to if Spain really go at them like they did I think in periods against Croatia I yeah I'd really fear for Spain Swiss. are going to try and win the ball high honestly yeah. against against Switzerland you have to go win the ball high I, I listened to a guy on French um on L'Equipe's youtube feed this guy was talking about he's like why we aren't trying to win the ball up yeah. high and then give it to mbappe and griezmann these guys up the field i don't know and apparently actually it's that some of the players went to Deshaun and told him we prefer starting from a deeper position well i'm sorry as coach you got to be like screw that we're pie pressing and we're sealing the ball from these guys spain that is what they do they're excellent at ball recovery i just don't think switzerland are gonna be able to live with them i really don't i don't think we're gonna see a repeat so yeah and Sorry, we're not just scoring now. <laughs> Sorry, Switzerland. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Okay. So that's the two Friday games. Now on to on to Saturday, the early kickoff. Uh, Czech Republic against Denmark. People are beginning to get very, very excited in Copenhagen. The, the As route. they should. Yeah. <laughs> As they should. But this is almost the almost the same thing as the, the Wales game. It's mm. can you go and score the goals? Because yeah. the Czech Republic. You can't leave them hanging around, but yeah. I, I, I think Denmark. I think I'm really going to try and play this game like they did against Scotland and just kind of sit deep and try and get something on the break or some kind of set piece or something like this and see if that works for them. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not though. Their confidence yeah. has to be going really high yeah. right now. They might be thinking, sure. you know, we can take the game to these guys, but they're going to be very careful and it's hard to know what you're going to get from Denmark in terms of the the explosion of energy. Here's the thing, though. Finally, for the first time, they're not basically playing at home. Yeah. Um, but look, I I I'll take Denmark at two to one. Okay, I've gone one. I've gone two nil to Denmark. So one, All right. one better. One better than. And then finally, to round off the the weekend, I want to believe in some small way that there is hope for Ukraine. Some uh, I don't know. Just, just I, but honestly, after watching 120 minutes of them last night, I, 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 it was great for them, and I was very pleased that they had their 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 moment. But can you can you see the a way of that Ukraine team putting much pressure on England? No, I really can't. I look, I wanted Ukraine to go through because I like the team. I love Shevchenko. Yeah. I like you know. I, and, and they're a great story for anyone who hasn't really paid any attention to Ukraine over the last two years. He's completely, completely had to revolutionize the side because at some, some of the games that they played, they had like 16 players out due to COVID, something like that. So he had to bring in a whole bunch of guys to get their debuts. And now a bunch of them are in the side. And so having, uh, having uh, never managed at any level before. Exactly. And, and so I love what's going on there, but you watch that game. I mean, they that they they looked like scoring only a few times and yeah. and it, it, they they d- didn't really seem to have a whole lot of ideas going forward. I mean, Yarmolenko's pass to Zinchenko 
is that pure artistry. Nice. That was incredible. Yeah. But those are the small moments. The pick, pick out Yamalenko, the kind of cross ball to him was really nice too. But yeah. Apart from that, no. But the, the you know tiny moments and. Yeah. This is an England team that hasn't given up a goal yet. I mean, yeah. I don't. I, I and so what I'm hoping for is that England actually show us something because it would be really frustrating to see an England team inch their way to a final by winning just one and two nil the yeah. whole way. That would be. I feel like if you're going to be champions of a tournament, at some point you need to show something extra. I think this is the match that England, in my opinion should go and express themselves a little bit. So I'm going 3-0 England. Okay. I want to say 1-0 Ukraine, but I've gone I've gone 3-0 3-0 England too. <laughs> I um, yeah. Look it's the Denmark one that I think England are in trouble. If they may if Denmark get get by the Czech Republic and England get by Ukraine, I think that is yeah. That is such an exciting. Cuz I think uh, that, that also, one's so tasty. Also, I think Denmark are good enough that it they definitely can cause england problems but they're also not one of these top level sides where it's kind of like the pressure will be off for england like i think at wembley against denmark you know in a euro semi-final they're like there's so much kind of would be so much weight and expectation that they have to like take take this game so it could kind of definitely play into denmark's hands or the check yeah like let's not write them off yet well no yeah we'll see but either way <laughs> That's a that's a matchup that I really really like right there. So, but I, I'm with you. I don't really like doing the whole. Oh, let's do the whole bracket because you make one mistake and then you you look yeah, like a total mug. You have to we just do everything. it round by round. Okay, but which exactly which, which which of those four games are you most looking forward to, and which one are you least looking forward to? And let's finish off. With least, that. you know, least looking forward to. We'll start there. I, I think it's just the England Ukraine game because yeah. I think that's the one that's the most sort of like a formality at this point. It's the largest gap in in class and sort of um, capability. And and I'm not looking forward to it for the sole reason that if England don't win, you know, convincingly, it's a little bit like oh, really, yeah, come, I mean, come on, you know. Um, most excited for, you know, I, I think on paper the one you, you the one you say is Belgium Italy, yeah. but. I actually am going to go for the hipster option here and take Denmark Czech Republic because okay. what the Danes right now are irresistible. Yeah. They're irresistible. It's too much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Everyone else now has something big to lose uh, of, of the big teams. I think, you know, I mean, yeah, do you see it differently? Is there what, what game really jumps out to you? Um, yeah, I kind of agree because I feel like Belgium Italy might it won't be the most exciting game. I think it could be. I'm I, I mean I'm super interested to see if Switzerland can in some way kind of match that performance against against France. Whether they're able to sort of bring that 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 kind of fight and intensity again against a, a Spanish team, which you know should is really looking hot going forward now. So I'm quite quite interested for that one. And then I kind of definitely agree about the ukraine like england game like it just it just does feel but i think also i kind of said or would have said the same about the last 16 france switzerland game like that would have been one of the games i was least looking forward to because i've kind of felt oh well that's kind of a formality of whenever i watch switzerland at major tournaments they're never exactly the most uh <laughs> swashbuckling side so i was like okay but so then it can it definitely can uh, it's a tournament of surprises very much so i mean well i mean come on i mean for you, you live in Copenhagen. 
explain what's going on here with this. I mean, this is, I'm sure they're not just very excited, but sort of what is the sort of level of, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's going through the, the roof now, like definitely when it's kind of became clear that this would be after, after, like after the, they weren't really looking ahead too much, but like after the Wales game then kind of looking, okay, now it's against Czech Republic who they can kind of view as being the, the better. And then this kind of like wave of positivity, which surrounds the team, like the, the coach is very much a, so someone described him as a, a vibes man and he, uh, gives off good vibes and <laughs> it's definitely I love it. a, a very very good like uh feeling behind the team so i could yeah i can see them like i mean i do, i think if they potentially get into a semi-final then it will just go further like yeah i think it's always interesting because at this stage i think a lot of teams start to feel that it's their destiny maybe to win it yeah and and so who who's got the story really all over them and denmark are I mean, it's a it'd be a lovely story if Denmark won this yeah. this Euros. It really would be. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting quarterfinal. I, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that Spain Switzerland like you can can be uh, look if Spain can just treat us to the best football in terms of crazy games for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I'm good with game. that. I'm good with that. <laughs> just every time, you know, yeah. go and score, give us seven goals. Yeah. I just want final question. Uh, you you coach youth football. Have you ever had your uh, goalkeeper do something as mad as Simon did? And how how do you pick them up afterwards? <laughs> youth goalkeepers absolutely <laughs> do things. Um, there's you know there's a lot of interesting examples. I think I'll give you two small examples. One, uh, we do pass back to our goalkeepers. We do use our goalkeepers. We build out of the back and. Um, I had a goalkeeper get a little nervous when we were under a lot of pressure and basically take two touches on a goal kick. He took one to put the ball out of his feet and then okay. it's an indirect free kick yeah, seven yeah, yeah. yards from your goal. <laughs> and you're just like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I think one of the saddest ones I've ever seen. Um, so we, we plan these, you know, artificial, these turf fields. Yeah. But in the United States, one thing you see is a lot of lines because they also play American football, like lacrosse. lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. So you have all those lines out there. And this kid went over to the top of the penalty area to punt the ball and walked two yards out of it. <laughs> just, just kept going. He didn't. He didn't. He, he, didn't, he, he thought that the, the yeah. penalty area line was the white one, just a couple yards ahead. Instead, he just strolled out of it. The referee gave him a red card. Oh my! It's a twelve-year-old kid. And, <laughs> and so it was. A, I was just sort of an assistant. I was watching the game. Just, and I mean, we had to. This kid was flush with tears for no. it so how what do you do with goalkeepers i think the most important thing is to let them know that like whatever i think every mistake a goalkeeper makes mm. in my opinion is whatever because around the pitch everyone else needs to do their job to cover for them yeah. so i just always tell goalies look like nightmare situations are going to happen to you and then the other important thing is does the team support the goalkeeper and i think yeah. unai simone you saw this I, two or three of the defenders were, were on him with an yeah. instance, you know, patting him on the back. Well, I thought it was really nice. I that think was really what, great. What, what, what was quite noticeable, I think there's like a ball, like maybe like five or 10 minutes afterwards, and there was the ball came came over the top, and he was very quick off his line, like cut it out and like cleared it. And like a very noticeable was like the reaction of the other like Spanish players, like to like encourage him and like get him like focused back in the game and support him. And I mean, he made like 
a really good, some really good saves in the second half as well. Well, and there was, I think, early in the second half, the first ball that was played back to him. <laughs> was the the Croatian fans yeah. were right behind him. And they all went, oh. <laughs> I thought and it was quite noticeable, like the pressing, just stuff, like the Croatian team was like, oh, well, maybe he'll do it again. <laughs> but, you know, this is a testament. This is a testament to the Spanish style of um, of no matter what you you go for it and yeah. you and you, you you stick to your guns you play that way because i think most most people will be like stop playing it back to the goalkeeper yeah. yeah but you know they just kept rattling balls into them all match <laughs> and and i just i think that is a testament to the spanish style it's something that they talk about a lot that they do not they they don't let go of those morals and their yeah, values and the way they play they're like we will continue we'll continue if you make a mistake that's it it's over we continue and i i think that was a really good example because his saves, like you said, that he made late in the game were exceptional. And you only do that if the motivation, you know, the the belief is still there. Yeah. And that, yeah, great stuff there. It was right. incredible. All right. Well, if the quarterfinals are half as good as the last 16, we're, we're in for a treat, I think. You know, we're getting to that stage of the competition where I start being sad that it's almost over, know. you know, <laughs> that's what happens after the last 16. I'm like, I can actually count the amount of games on like both my hands. Yeah, I'm like, oh no. But yeah. Yeah. Like Incredible. I said to you before we started, I'm very much I, I, I agree, but I've also like, well, okay, it's good that today I don't have to go out, out oh. drinking this evening. I can have a break. <laughs> well, and you're <laughs> in Copenhagen, and you're you're just sitting here going, How big is this wave gonna crash yeah. in this city? <laughs> you know, you, you have to basically go ahead and contractually sign that you will be partying for the next three weeks yeah. if Denmark win the whole competition. That's just it. You're just, you're just in, you're, yeah, you're in, it's, it's you're in the in. pool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Enjoy your day. Thank you so much for joining. You too, again. Alex. Great stuff. I'll see you soon. All right. Talk to you soon, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcast Network.